0: the true story of thanksgiving this is the soapbox for the week of november 22nd of 2020 although we originally posted this soapbox on november 3rd of 2008 and we have reprinted it every year since on the week of thanksgiving with small alterations to address issues of the time and it never ceases to garner a huge reaction and in 2020 more than ever People need to be reminded of the positive roots of their nation, and despite what you're told seemingly on the daily, there are some positive things about America. Now the story you're about to hear is 100% provably true, it is footnoted at radradio.com, and the fact that most people have never heard it before is scandalous, to say the least. What really happened in 1621 at the first alleged Thanksgiving feast in what would later become America? Well, most Americans sadly don't know. And if they even have an answer, it usually involves a false narrative of Native Americans feeding the starving pilgrims only to be thanked years later with genocide. While it is true that both pilgrims and Indians ate together, Both sides contributed equal amounts of food over the three-day original feast in 1621. And while it is true that war led to Europeans conquering what later became America, which was quite literally the way of life in the 17th century, the true story and message of that first Thanksgiving is entirely lost and essentially covered up by focusing on what we're all supposed to view as America's racist founding. The real events of the original Thanksgiving are known and have been known since they happened in 1621 in the, pre- or the following three years thanks to a man named William Bradford who most people did learn about wrongly and have long since forgotten. William Bradford was the governor of the Plymouth Colony and kept copious notes in real time of all events occurring to the pilgrims and is also, some believe, the true father of what later became known to be capitalism, the American monetary system, or to seemingly half of this country, the greatest evil of all time! Ah, capitalism! I'm melting, I'm melting, blah. William Bradford's words have never been disputed. He wrote every day for more than 30 years. There was nothing else to do in the 17th century, mind you. And he did this as the pilgrims were assimilating into the colonies multiple sources have confirmed more than most of his observations through simultaneous yet separate writings, irrefutably proving Bradford's perception of events which were happening right before his very own eyes. Sadly, this is unimportant to history revisionists. To them, and most of them are teaching your children, it's more important to twist the facts, or just make them up entirely, so that people in America are taught to hate themselves and their country, so that they will go through life atoning for what in some cases are non-existent mistakes of our horrific past. Look, we've had, and continue to have, plenty of missteps on our way to forming a more perfect union. We don't need to fabricate stories of bigotry that never happened. God. The true story of Thanksgiving is actually one of the most inspiring tales of entrepreneurship and the human work ethic ever written or told the true story of thanksgiving highlights one of life's eternal truths each of us has the ability to rise above challenges seemingly greater than our skills and not just survive but thrive if we desire to do so the true story of thanksgiving is about choosing to win and refusing to lose which in the 17th century meant choosing to live and refusing to die. The true story of Thanksgiving is not only not shameful, but it is one of the building blocks upon which the greatest nation in Earth's history was built. And for those of you who are mistaught snowflakes who are somehow still listening to me, that nation is still the United States of America. In his writings, The History of Plymouth Plantation the governor of the colony, William Bradford, reported that the colonists went hungry for years because they refused to work in the fields. They preferred instead to steal. He says the colony was riddled with corruption and with confusion and discontent. The crops were small because, quote, much was stolen both by night and day before it became scarce eatable, end quote. Which, by the way, just as an aside, furthers the notion that I have, which is at our core... Most humans are both lazy and unmotivated, yearning not for some prideful pursuit of earning our keep, but always choosing the path of least resistance, if we are so allowed. People will always choose what's easiest if they're allowed to. If you give someone what they perceive to be free food and or shelter in perpetuity, they'll happily accept it. It's in their nature to do as little as possible, We're a species of beggars. God. In the famed and fabled harvest feasts of 1621 and also 1622, we are told that we must believe that the Indians showed up and fed the settlers out of generosity, which is absolutely false. The colonists had produced their own food. Very little, but they had produced their own. The prevailing condition during those years was famine and death. Read up on it. The first Thanksgiving was not so much a celebration as it was more so the last meal of condemned men, and they knew it. But in subsequent years, something changed. The harvest of 1623 was different. In fact, in 1624, so much food was produced that the colonists were able to begin exporting corn. That means sending it out. For those of you that went to public school, export, you send it away. So, what happened? Well, after the poor harvest of 1622, Bradford wrote, quote, They began to think how they might raise as much corn as they could and obtain a better crop. End quote. They began to question their form of economic organization. So, as has happened countless times throughout history, desperate, starving men deemed that good enough was no longer good enough. Originally, and prior to 1623, the pilgrims had operated under the it takes a village system, and required that all profits and benefits were to be placed in the common stock of the colony, and that all such persons as are of the colony are to have their meat, drink, apparel, and all provisions out of the common stock. In other words, everything that everyone made, grew, harvested, invented, or found, was placed in one big pile for the entire community to share. A person was to put into the common stock everything he had and take out only what he needed. In other words, it didn't matter. If a colonist had ever contributed a damn thing to the bounty, he or she was still entitled to his or her share of the food, drink, and clothing. And by the way, that share was determined solely by individual greed and desire and based in no way on them having earned any of it or having contributed anything to it. Each person helped themselves to as much of whatever they desired. This From each, according to his ability, to each, according to his need, is one of the earliest forms of socialism that we know. And it's exactly why the Pilgrims were starving in 1621 and 1622. Bradford wrote that young men that were most able and fit for labor and service complained, rightfully so, about being forced to spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children. So the young and the strong refused to work, and the total amount of food produced was never adequate. That's why there was famine in 1621 and 22. So to rectify this situation, in 1623, William Bradford abolished what was not known at the time to be called socialism. No longer would there be a community pool of rations. No longer would few work so that all could have. He surveyed the land they held and he gave each household a parcel of land and told them they could keep whatever they produced or they could trade it away as they saw fit. In other words, every family, every man was required to produce his or her own food, shelter, and clothing. It was left to each private landowner to decide whether or not they wanted to produce only enough for those who lived on their property, or whether or not they wanted to produce excess, and then sell or trade that excess to people less willing to work, or take risk. In other words, he replaced socialism with a free market. Guess what? End of famine. They had more food than they could use in the years that followed. So this year, as you enjoy your Thanksgiving feast, and I hope to God you're doing it with your family and your friends, and I really hope you traveled somewhere, and that you're not giving in to the intimidation and fear-mongering of people that are trying to scare you into your own home alone. But however you choose to celebrate, I hope that you take a moment to bear in mind that while the media and the Hallmark Channel want you to believe that Thanksgiving is a day about celebrating friends and family, the truth is actually far greater than that, whether you're doing it or not. Thanksgiving is yet another day to celebrate the greatest nation on earth and its stunningly noble beginnings. So enjoy the bounty that you have worked so hard to achieve, and if you somehow find yourself wanting for more this Thanksgiving, take a page from the Pilgrims. Don't ask, why me? Instead, ask, how can I?